and welcome back to the Reading Radio Podcast. I'm Alora. And I'm Jason. And for those of you who are new to listening, um, this is a father-daughter book review podcast where we talk about a new book each month and have discussions about it. And we're hoping that you'll join us. Read the books with your family, um, jump in and follow along with the discussions, listen to the podcast together, and hopefully we'll have a good time. Uh, check us out at reading-radio.com where you can find all of our past episodes. You can subscribe. We'll teach you how to do that. And we hope we love subscribers. Hope you'll jump on. We're looking for uh, you know 2,000 episodes downloaded this year. Getting close to that. So we'd like to make that happen. And subscribers like you help make our dreams come true. I didn't mean to rhyme that. That sounded really cheesy. I apologize. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Alora? Um, I am doing a writing camp at the Thurber House. And it is a lot of fun. I am meeting a lot of... It's a lot of fun. And today we got to do a fairy tale rap battle. And me and, the, uh, and another girl did Anna and Elsa rapping against each other, which was awesome. That sounds like fun. And uh, so let me get this straight. Because we're recording this in July. You're actively and willingly going someplace where you're forced to basically do schoolwork in July. And you're enjoying it. It's not school work it's creative writing does not the same thing so you don't have to do creative writing in school okay you don't have to answer that question oh for me let's see what am i up to we did family camp this summer it was a good time you might have heard about that in our last episode so i won't bore you on that i'm still working on my podcast be better tomorrow probably more interested interesting for the adults but maybe for the kids as well just personal and professional development i interview industry experts and try to get them on on my show so we can all talk about cool things all right let's talk a little bit about our book what is it etiquette and espionage by gail carriger it's becoming a running thing there's probably six episodes where you get the first name and i have to feed you the second name you know what i say the first name you see the last name that's how it's gonna go down that's our new thing yep that's fair all right we're on with that and this is a new genre for for us Oh, for you. I've read a little bit of it. It's called Steampunk. So if you're not familiar with that, I can't imagine anybody who would be geeky enough to listen to this podcast wouldn't know what it is, but you want to take a pass at explaining it? You can tell. All right. So Steampunk is kind of a fantasy kind of genre. usually takes place in Victorian England or somewhere in that time period, if not England. And they have some modern technologies that are run by steam instead of electricity. So in this in this book, for example, they have robots, but the robots are steam-powered. They call them mechanicals. They're not electric or androids, and they don't look like modern technology. So it's a way of to get some fun technology into a story without, you know, having to make it in the future. So mm-hmm. I'm, again, sure there's some people who are steampunk fanatics that are ripping their hair out to for that lousy explanation, but I'm willing to run with it. And if you have a problem, go ahead and post it on our Instagram account or in our Facebook page. We'd be glad to respond and, and let you tell everybody what steampunk really is. All right, give us a summary of the book. Spoiler-free summary. It's about a girl named Sophronia Temenik, who is a tomboy in the Victorian era. Which is frowned upon. And then she goes to finishing school, which you think is going to be torture, which if it was a usual finishing school, it probably would be. But as she finds out, it is far but. Right. It's actually a school for etiquette and espionage. espionage. So it's not just a clever title. But that is our spoiler-free summary. Um, we're not quite into the spoiler zone yet. Let me just ask, what do you think is the age level for this book? For reading out loud, probably eight or nine. You could probably go younger. 
the language is like an older English, and the vocabulary words are kind of difficult. But there is nothing explicit, anything that would be questionable. Yeah, there are some references to、uh, flirting to get your way, things along those lines. So, I, parents can make their own call on that. I kind of like. I guess they were there, but I didn't notice them as much. Well, I'm glad I could point them out and shatter your nice little sheltered world. I guess I'm sorry.、Um, I'd say for reading by yourself, thirteen, twelve, twelve or thirteen, depending、yeah. on your reading level. Because to your point, the vocabulary is a little rough in places, and because it has that archaic tone to it, sometimes it's hard to follow. Well, so we did it on audio at about eleven. Right.、So. I think audio or reading out loud. Probably much younger. Yeah. What was your overall score? We score our books on one to five. Five being everybody should read this book. One being why they waste the paper. Three. Three. three and a half. Really? Not too thrilled about it. It was very hard to get into. What about once you were into it? Once I was into it, it was better. But like, it was a very standard introductory book. Not even the novelty of having. Certain aspects. I'm making motions so we don't spoil anything yet. Just so we all understand what I'm talking about. That didn't make it interesting. That's fair. I mean, I don't want to. No, I think it's a solid three and a half. Really? I'm gonna go three and a half too, actually. So. Ha! I just wanted to see if your reasoning was sound. What's your reasoning? It's kind of the same thing. It seems like it was written for a much younger group. That that's fine, and they're probably being introduced to some of these things for the first time. But to somebody who's read a lot. It's a little more cliche. I like the parasol protectorate more.、Uh, I think it opened up a little bit more of the world, and、mm-hmm. gave a, gave a little bit more meat on it. So I feel like the parasol protectorate is definitely written for an older group, where even though it's still YA, whereas the finishing school series is probably younger, which is fine. So it's a three point five to me as a forty year old. You just admitted your age on public radio. Yeah, I'm forty. Proud of it. I still look <laughs> like I'm twenty five, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Public on public radio. That's nice. It'd be nice if we get on public radio.、It'd、be great. Okay, now we're about to enter the spoiler zone. Thanks for listening to our show so far. Just wanted to let you know that you can help our show out if you're looking for a website by heading over to readingradio.com/support and clicking on the links for either DreamHost or Audible. Both of those links will send a little bit of money back to us to help support the show and keep us moving. So. We only use it to support the show. We're not going out and buying extravagant gifts along the way. But if you're looking to support the show and you need a website, DreamHost is a fabulous company.、I've、been using them for years. For my own website, ReadingRadio.com is hosted on there, and a plethora of others. And if you enjoy audiobooks, you can't get any better than Audible. They've got pretty much everything you're looking for, read by the best Audible book readers in the world. So check us out at ReadingRadio.com/support. And now back to the show. Someday,、we're、so nerdy. Someday we're gonna make a bumper or have somebody make a bumper for us, so it's like it has some music. Now we're gonna enter. <laughs> Now we'll enter the spoiler zone. If you have not read the book and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. Read the book. Come back and finish. If not, don't want to hear about it. We're gonna talk about everything in the book from here on. What the heck is the prototype? I don't know. I I think we'll find out in future books if we decide to read it. But that's that's not really the really the question that's going to be answered this this book. I thought one of the things that started out really interesting was to, to hit us with a chase up front. 
They start with the flyaway man. You get into some action. You get to see Sophronia kind of inner element. I thought that was really interesting. Didn't that grab you right away? Yes, kind of. I don't know. That scene just kind of took me like a while to get past because it went on kind of a long time. The action scene, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a good chapter, but it was. I thought it was interesting. There's and there was a lot of clues being dropped along the way. Things that would come back into play later. I can't think of any that come off the top of my head. Any clues? Yeah. Well, just about her not uh, Monique not being sincere about who she was, the way she was acting with the flyaway men. It seemed like there was something going on. Sophronia started to figure some things out along the way, but about what type of school it was. There was a lot unraveling there. Mm. Okay. Now, you said uh, earlier on that this reminds you kind of like a Harry Potter feel. You want to talk a little bit about that? Like in the first three or four chapters before she actually gets to the school, the headmaster comes to her saying they want her in their school. It's a school for special people. Like, that was just giving me Harry Potter vibes. Did you not feel the same way? Only in as far as that's a pretty standard. I mean, I, one of these days I'm going to make you read Joseph Campbell's hero's journey every story has the same pattern the hero's living not knowing anything not doing anything pretty normal life the mentor comes into their life and changes the way things happen they're moved out into adventure and then at some point the mentor usually dies so that they're on their own heading it's the same pattern in star wars in harry potter in parasol protectorate in the wheel of time uh, the Hobbit, like every book kind of follows the same pattern because it's the mega myth. It is the story of humanity. It is the story that goes back tens of thousands of years and it's in everything. So in that case, it did. And I can see with the school attitude, it adds a little bit more to it. Um, but I think you're going to find that more and more often you have to get past that initial part that starts out that way and leads into something completely different. Or authors are going to have to break out of that mold um, the King Killer Chronicles, I think, is a really good example of not following that mold. And someday, eh, maybe in a couple years, you get a chance to read that one, and it's amazing. So what did you like about the book? I really liked how Sophronia was good at bending the rules. Okay, talk more about that. Um, when it's so on London time and people don't wake up till noon, don't know what's up that, but... um. She walked, she got out, but she didn't technically pass the rope. She just climbed on the terrace outside to get somewhere else. Well, I think she knew she was breaking the rules, but at least she was... Clever about it. Yeah. Well, she started to figure out that she had to be clever in order to survive. I also liked how the teacher said, you didn't have to admit to being caught. Lying is always an answer. Yes. Well, and she because she was a covert recruit, she didn't know what she was getting herself into. I mean, that this, was hilarious. This is kind of a school for bad guys to some degree. People who are murderers and spies and assassins. Like, she didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And until she realized that and could start playing the game, then things kind of changed. I love Dimity's character, too. Yes, because even though she's in a school for kind of bad people, she just wants to grow up and have a normal aristocratic life. I love the fact that she's like, knows all this stuff, and then she passes out at the sight of blood. <laughs> that is going to make it a probably in- interesting device later down the line. Interesting that she's going to be a murderer with that. Eh, see, poisoning is the quote-unquote woman's weapon back in the day, so 
though he said because women didn't have the strength and power to physically murder with like stabbing or choking or something like that that a woman's weapon was poison that you especially since back then they were more of the cooks and food prep people that you could poison your husband without a second thought over a period of time and there's plenty of poisons that didn't leave a trace so you'll you'll you still may occasionally hear hear it referred to as the woman's weapon interesting so and i I don't i'd love to see the crime stats on it because i've seen it in a few tv shows where if it's a poisoning it was probably a woman because men don't poison if men if men are going to murder it's going to be something more violent and vicious it's like it's, so stereotypical. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. So I'd like to see the crime stats on it, see what's going on. But I also loved Vive. Yes. Genevieve is what it's short for, and that helps me remember how to pronounce the name. The French accent, the attitude, somebody who's more of a tomboy than Sophronia. And it, she acts like she's a boy. She acts like she's a boy. She wears boys' clothes. Yeah. And she's brilliant. Great little, great inventor. She had so many other little tools that helped him along the way. Mm-hmm. And Soap. Soap was a great character, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see the attitudes uh, towards, I would say, African-American, but they're English. So a black person, like, the, the fact that they were shocked to see him. Because you think, oh, that, let's see, 1850s. There weren't books and TV shows where you could see different cultures. It would be shocking to see somebody who wasn't white English. You know, it's interesting that they don't teach the girls to interact with the sooties. Because in a lot of spy kind of shows that I've watched or books that I've read, it's those types of people, the homeless, the street urchins, the sooties, this that know a lot because people don't pay attention to them mm-hmm. they make i think it's sherlock he has a in the tv series he has a great network of spies that are all homeless people he, he'll pay for tips on things um just other characters where they've got a network of informants in the, the invisible people as they're sometimes called and i think that gives sophronia an advantage when she's able to go down and interact with them obviously she meets vive Yes. So it becomes an ally later on. These things are all helpful to her and her team in the in the in the story. Why do you think that they ignore them? Because they're lower class. Yeah, that class thing is pretty big, especially but, in this. Yeah, it is a little bit now, but not as like drastic. Well, it's not official now. But you can still obviously see it. Yeah, there are there are still different classes of people. People tend to interact. At least in some cases, more with people that aren't class, but it's definitely not, it's not solidified. Yes. Where, oh, that you're definitely a higher class than this person, or <clears throat> you'd know. I mean, there's even rules in inter- introductions on who, who you introduce to whom based on class. The more impo- you introduce, I'm trying to remember what it is, it's been a long time since so I've taken it. You introduce the more important person, you introduce the less important person to the more important person, I think. Or I present to you is so if you were if you were being introduced to an adult, I would adult, I present to you my daughter Alora. That but I wouldn't do it the other way, otherwise it would be an offense. Like etiquette is great when it's used to honor people, but it's when people take offense for not following it is when I get irritated. Yeah. Does that make sense? I see that. 
But it'd be interesting to take an etiquette class. Like, what does modern etiquette even look like? <laughs> I was taught, like, you never extend your hand to a lady. If she wants to, sh- if she wants to touch you, she will extend her hand to you, and then you can take it. But you never put a woman in a position either to touch you when she doesn't want to, or to turn you, or to be forced to turn you down and, to, and embarrass and cause a scene. Was kind of the, the logic behind it. Might be very helpful these days. Like some women just don't want to be touched by guys, and guys will be like, "Oh, give me a hug." It's like, no, you don't. No, you let her instigate that, and you defer to her That's on that sort of issue. Um, and in that case, you're, you're showing respect and honor to her. But then I get into a business situation. Like, well, I can't shake, reach out and shake hands with all the guys at the meeting and then not shake hands with a woman at the meeting. That's going to be offensive. So what does modern etiquette look like? Do people follow, even think about those rules? Like, there's still some Southern societies that have coming out parties and kind of finishings, as it were. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to, to learn a little bit about what that looks like. That might be interesting. Maybe there's some follow-up material Gail Carriger's website has a great study guide for this if you want to use it for homeschooling like we do. Um, go check it out. and has some great links on dirigibles and how things are put together. Maybe it has something on etiquette. I don't remember seeing it, but we could look. I like the fact that she took Bumbersnoot, the dog that was launched at them, and claimed it as their pet. So I so thought that was going to come back and bite her in the butt. I did too. Like for sure, I thought, okay, Bum- you just brought the enemy's thing onto into under your control it's a spy it's it can record or it's gonna blow up or it's good it's gonna bite you in the butt how is this not and then it was just a cute puppy it was just a cute puppy for now yeah maybe in the later books we'll find out it actually does have something well and at the end when the pickleman blew the whistle or whatever it was where he got the big thing to attack mm-hmm. bumbersnoot reacted but he didn't he didn't do anything dangerous mm. so anyway cute puppy did you oh and that's the thing i thought i thought bumbersnoot was chekhov's gun do you want to explain what that is to people if you have a gun in this scene you can't have someone not get shot with it yeah in the the first usually in a play in the first act of the play if you've got a gun then somebody gets shot with it by the second act or third act so it's just you put you don't put things into a scene that are not important i thought bumbersnoot for sure was going to be that turns out it was mrs barnacle goose which, I, as soon as they said there was somebody in her area, I knew for sure that's who it was. The woman who got her sent to finishing school and had her, you know, basically sent away. It's like, oh, it's because she knew something that Sof- Sofrina didn't. Mm-hmm. But it was good. Yes. Do you like Monique? No, she was an evil person. Is she, though? Oh, my gosh, Yes. We don't necessarily know that. I feel like she's the umbrage of this series. That's how much I despise her. Okay, I definitely didn't get that vibe because I hate Dolores Umbridge, but I hate Monique. Well, that's fine. Like, You're allowed with the flaming passion. But you remember, she's not the one who told on Sophronia. So like one of the things we hated her for turned out not to be her. It was Lady McCann. Told on her for being out and about. Yeah. She thought it was Monique, but it wasn't. So she ended up blaming her this whole time for that. Now she did steal the prototype and blah, 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 but... it Like, it's none of that. It's just her personality. Like, how she's all high and mighty and just like, I'm older than you. I shouldn't be in this class. Y'all, y'all, y'all. If I sent you back to third grade, wouldn't you feel the same way? 
Yes, but I wouldn't act like that. You'd be frustrated, and you'd probably act like a jerk, too, if you were mad that you had to go all the way back to third grade. <sighs> but I, I don't think she's as bad as you make her out to be. She's in a bad situation. Now, I don't know what her reasoning was for trying to heist the prototype and get paid off. Like, I don't know if she's trying to get in with the Pickleman or what, find that out in the later, yeah. later series, I suppose. But So she may be a bad person. I just don't know that we know enough yet. Hmm. I could be completely wrong. But I did really love Bumber Snoot. He's 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 cute. They it's make necklaces. They make necklaces of him. Little Bumber Snoot. Uh, what do you call them? Deck, uh, the things that hang on necklaces. Charms. Charms. Yes, little Bumber Snoot charms to hang off your necklace. He looks adorable. <laughs> you get that and a parasol, and you're set. Do you think there's any any major character development from beginning to end? Like how characters were in the beginning to how they were towards the end. Probably Sophronia. Because she's known nothing about this world, being just this tomboy, to turning that into breaking into a school. Yeah. She also was able to impress her mother to some degree with her behavior. So yeah. her mom at least think the thought, excuse me, the, her mother at least thought the finishing school was doing its work. Yes. So she's getting good at being a spy and disguising herself, as it were. What about, uh, I want to say Dimwitty, that's not her name. Dimwitty. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Plumley Tamot, what did you think of her? I mean, I feel like she's kind of the Ron character. Yeah, I could see that. Almost but, a comic relief. Not a ton of development, although she did come around to help a little bit in the final in the final climactic scene. Yes, yeah, but still, I still see she's more of a comic relief than an act like a killer. Yeah, it'll be int- a character. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how much they develop over the following books. Yes. I think if we don't read them, Zoe's going to kill us. Your sister, Her sister Zoe has now, I think, plowed through all of the books in the Finishing School series. Yes, she has. So we don't read any further ahead after our Maze Runner incident where we, we had read ahead and it was hard to remember what was the first <laughs> book and what was the last book. Uh, okay, so I was the only one that read ahead of that. And you had to like close your eyes because my facial expressions. Yeah, you have no poker face. That so. was fun to record. <laughs> For you, I was like dying of like not to get spoilers. So, all right. I think we covered most of the things we needed to cover on this book. Um, look forward to, I think, reading some more. I'm going to at least check out the next in the series. Um, see how that turns out. Do you think you'll read the next one? Yes, just because I value my life. Hmm. Anything else to talk about? The next book is Animal Farm by George Orwell. Yeah, so Animal Farm and then George Orwell and then sorry, <laughs> Animal Farm by George Orwell and then it'll be my pick and we'll get that out on the website in the bookstore as soon as possible. Um, go ahead and check out on reading-radio.com our social media links. Follow us there. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes through our, any RSS feed reader, Stitcher, Let's see, where else are we? Google Play, Spotify, we're on all those places. So check us out. Tell your friends about us. Pass around the word. Uh, we need your help to grow. And hopefully, uh, by the time we record our next episode, maybe we'll even know whether we are an award-winning podcast now and not just an award-nominated podcast. I don't know. We'll find out. Happy reading. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Reading Radio is a product of FF4 Media is produced under Creative Commons 3.0 share, share, like, attribution. Use the show however you like, as long as you give us credit for it. 
The music you're hearing, also produced under Creative Commons licensing, is District 4 by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech. And we thank you for all listening. I ask you to go ahead and check us out at reading-radio.com where you can subscribe and support the show. You're also going to pop up there and head over to our Facebook group where we're hopefully going to be building some conversations in the community around a mutual love of literature. Until next time.